0: All right, what's going on, everyone? Gene Reed here, host of The Handbook. Hope you're all having a good new year. Today is January 9th, 2022. So the goal for today's episode is just kind of give more or less of a game plan for the year going forward. I kind of, uh, listen, just going to be honest, got tied up with life. Things happen, and... The previous way I was doing the podcast just became a logistical nightmare. So definitely going to switch things up a little bit. I do like doing this, you know, just format where, you know, it's just kind of me on here rambling, but the only problem I have with it is I have nobody to challenge my ideas. And sometimes I say some crazy shit and it's good to have somebody else in the room who can be like, Hey man you're a dummy. That doesn't make any sense. So I fear that by me just coming on here by myself, I'm just going to be a freaking lunatic and just kind of get off on a tangent. But anyway, I recently signed up for a new software. It's called Squadcast. And what that's going to allow me to do is do some episodes virtually, right? So, you know, if I if I was filming a, uh, or recording a, a two-hour episode, that turned into a six- or seven-hour day for me. And, you know, I just don't have that time anymore. I just really don't. But I really did miss doing the podcast. And I really do like talking to interesting people. And I think this is going to open things up even more. And I didn't do this sooner because I'm just super anal about the audio quality. You know, that's a great thing about having the person in the room with you. I have my microphones, my software. I know exactly how everything works, but I tested it out, this program, Squadcast, you know, so I could be just sitting at home. I just send somebody an email, they click on it, we do an episode, and then I can tweak the audio afterwards. So, with that being said, the remainder of the episode... You know, I want to talk about COVID and I'm absolutely fucking joking because that would be insane. Um, Yeah, I think everybody's, we went out to a family dinner last night and I was in the car with my wife and my mom driving there and I was like, hey, you know what I don't want to talk about tonight? COVID or anything happening, anything to do with COVID. And I was like, the first person that brings it up, I'm going to just start talking about religion or money or any of the other topics that you're not supposed to talk about. Because I think everybody's a little sick and tired of it. So, look, here's the only thing I can say about COVID. Just, there's so much information out there about it. You know what I mean? Take take your time. If you really want to learn about it, just start reading some peer-reviewed research, even, yeah. Even with that being said, I mean, that stuff's been tainted over the last couple of years. Listen to some podcasts. Yes, I am biased to the Joe Rogan experience. So, yes, I have listened to all the COVID-related podcasts on there. And again, even with that being said, that's just, you know, one side of the story. So, just, I don't know. I'm usually much more articulate with these kind of things, but... I don't think anybody really has an idea what's going on. Everybody's just kind of grasping at straws, and we'll see what the future has to hold. But I'll say this. One of the things that is in my future is, and I posted about this on my last Instagram post, was for 2022, I was accepted into the Leadership Delaware program. So for those not from Delaware, or even those from Delaware that really don't have an understanding of it, It's basically a cohort of, I think there's 30 of us, uh, basically 30 individuals from all different backgrounds. You know, obviously I'm in the law enforcement community, but there are people from the healthcare, financial side of things, um, entrepreneurs, you name it. And if we're speaking in, you know, political terms, the group of people that we have going forward for 2022 is the far left, the far right, and everything in between. And, and, you know, obviously they do that on purpose. So the whole goal of this program, I think, although I haven't started it yet, but my understanding is twice a month, I think it's the first Thursday and Friday of every month, our class meets, and there's anywhere from eight to 12 speakers that will come in throughout the day. And basically they're the people who are prominent figures within Delaware, they have whatever, a leadership position of some sort or they have expert knowledge in an area that's, you know, important to running the state and they talk to us and then we as a class sit there and listen, you know what I mean? But then we also do projects within the community and just kind of start that melting pot of ideas and thoughts and expression and and just kind of see what comes out of that. So it's a one year long program. It's a big commitment. And I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot because starting tomorrow, my schoolwork starts back up and it sounds like I'm just, um, my wife just texted me, said, can I pop down to grab my purse? I, I am so, when I, I sat in this chair that I'm in right now before hitting record for like 45 minutes. Because I'm trying to like write notes down and think like, hey, what should I say here? What should I say here? And that's, that's really the other reason I wanted to get back on here was because I feel like I lost my flow of conversation. Hold on. Let me text my wife. Come on down. Maybe I'll have her come on and say something. All right. She didn't want to say anything. So where was I? What was I saying? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I I really, let me take two steps back here real quick. So I started a new position at work and it's an inside unit. There's only two other people in the unit. Um, It's definitely more of like an administrative function within the organization. And I don't talk to people as much as I used to when I was, work in the road. And I know that might sound silly, but, you know, part of my new job is interviewing people, but I don't, I don't actually get to interview people that often. And something I've always really valued is the ability to communicate. And that was kind of, you know, the whole reason I started this podcast in the beginning was to improve my communication skills. I definitely noticed an improvement over time, just having people come in and, and, Saying off the cuff things and conversations and being able to keep conversations going. That's a skill set. It really is to have a anywhere from one to three hour conversation with somebody and try to not have it hit that awkward point where everybody's just kind of searching for things to say. But anyway, I've been out, you know, I haven't really put an episode up for two, three months and even longer with a guest. And now with this new position, I. I noticed like a little bit of a decline in my off-the-cuff thinking and just being able to be articulate. So that's something else I want to just get back moving in the right direction, you know. And I want to talk about me starting this new position at work. So I've been, you know, in my current place of employment for 10 years, somewhere around there. Very confident in my ability to, to do the job, you know, whether in every position I've been in, you know, within the department. And then I started this new job. You know, I'm already in a supervisory position and it was hard. It was challenging because, you know, it's not like a, uh, it's not like working the road where you have like potentially high, high speed intense situations unfolding this was just something totally new where it's like dumb stuff learning to use a new computer program or learning like these different forms you got to fill out and you know yes we're dealing with serious things and you know you really don't want to screw it up and and i just started to make little errors that i never make you know like a big pet peeve of mine is when somebody sends you or if i send somebody an email And they, you know, read it and just don't respond to me. Like, that's a huge pet peeve of mine. Why? Because, well, there's a certain sense of accountability with that. Like, hey, if you read my freaking email, how about you respond to me? And guess what I started doing? I started doing that because I just, I don't think I hit the point of being overwhelmed. But the process of learning the new job, like, you know, learning this new skill set. And I had a couple people, man, I felt like a real piece of shit. Because I'm like, dude, that is so out of my character to do that. Um, but what it made me realize is for anybody who's in a leadership position right now, right. And you have somebody starting a new job within your unit, within your division, organization, whatever, even if they come over as a highly skilled, highly talented individual and whatever it was that they're doing before, Expect them to make mistakes and make it known to them that that's okay, right? Like, you're doing a new job, man. Like, I know you were a rock star at whatever you did before, but you know, now we're this is a new skill set and it's going to take you time. And I know JP Pizer and I did an episode on this, and I, I can't remember the actual name, it's it's in the command and leadership program. Oh man, JP's probably screaming through his uh whatever he's listening to right now. Uh it's a shame I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, uh that was part of that where you know, somebody might have high drive, high skill set and then they get moved to a new position. Yeah, they still have that high set of dri- like driving factors but the skill set's not there. And I don't think it matters what level you're at. You know what I mean like if we're talking in the police world, like if you're a lieutenant who gets promoted to captain or you're a captain who gets a major and you start a new position, like just having that, just know that, you know, you're going to make mistakes and not having the mindset of like, oh man, can I do this? Like, yes, you can do it. Relax. But, you know, it, it's, it's going to take some time. So that was unusual for me because I really haven't, even when I started, Even when I got promoted to the rank of sergeant and I went back to the road, I might have had it for a couple weeks to where, you know, things seemed to be moving a lot faster than they really were. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just something about this last move I had that, and listen, it could have been a lot of factors, right? My kids being, you know, young and starting a new position and trying to figure out. Dinner's like, am I going to be able to be home for dinner with the kids? Turns out, yes. When am I going to get my workouts in? How do I navigate the weekends? You know, I went from a shift work job to where I could have, I might have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off during the day, and that's when you can get everything done. Now my job is Monday through Friday, which is great because I now have a normal sleep schedule. I literally go to bed and wake up at the same time pretty much every single day. And man, what a cheat code that is. I can't, I I don't think I've had that. Yeah, I haven't really had normal sleep for uh, many, many years. And I think I just got used to that feeling of not everything firing on all cylinders, you know. And I know that like I talk about exercise and feeling good and trust me, I do. But now I've hit like a a new level with, with the sleep. And and I think this is going to diverge into wellness. So here was my original plan. My original plan was to have Jeff McGuire on. I had him on pretty early on. I think Jeff was episode two or three. Jeff has taken a big role at our uh, our department with a, a wellness program, which I, I sit on the committee for that. Um. And Jeff has been through some resiliency training and and he's been trying to put that on for the department and I want to have him on. And I actually have, see, this is the problem with me bringing this up now because I don't have a dissenting opinion from somebody else. But I'm at a weird place right now with all the topics and discussions about wellness and mental health and being physically fit and, and all that stuff. Here's why I say that. I think if you... Let's just take a police department. Let's say you have a thousand sworn officers at a police department. If you sat down individually with each of them, or even just did it by survey, whatever, and you asked them, like, hey, do you know? did you know that it's beneficial for you to exercise? Hey, did you know that it's beneficial for you to eat well? And not have a diet that's high in, you know, refined carbohydrates and sugars and alcohol and, uh, you know, and just kind of start going through the checklist of like what it means to be or what steps need to happen for you to be healthy, right? You need to exercise, you need to eat well, you need to sleep right, which I I get the sleep thing. Like if you work shift work, it's not always possible. But my point in saying all this is don't we all kind of know this? Isn't this just like, uh, don't we know? You know what I mean? So we keep, I, I I. feel like we keep shoving this information out there to an audience that already knows that, uh, yeah, you're supposed to exercise and eat healthy. We know that. So what's the answer? So it, I think the issue is motivation. The issue is not the educational piece. This is my opinion. It's not a matter of education, it's a matter of explaining or showing the value in living a healthier lifestyle. Even more so for those that have stressful lives as it is. IE law enforcement, healthcare, whatever. this would be the part where my guest on the show says, well, I totally disagree with you. And then we have a great dissenting conversation about it. But I don't know. I just, and maybe this is because I've just read so much on, you know, my dissertation has a lot to do with burnout and resiliency and stress management. And it all, everything says the same thing, everything. It's just, you know, sleep, exercise and diet. It just solves 90% of the people's problems. Now, do some people have chemical imbalances in their brain and they actually need some other things to assist them? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know that, you know, I think you still need to have the educational piece. Listen, maybe there's people out there who really don't understand that. And maybe it's they just don't know how to execute it. Right. So maybe there needs to be some type of a transition between education to showing people how to execute and then showing them how to stay on track, you know, so they do start seeing results and, you know, stay on that path. It's funny because I do have some notes here next to me and my third bullet point here says wellness. And then underneath of that is a question that says, don't people know? I don't know. I would just. I would. I would be shocked if um, you asked a police officer. You know, hey, did you know that exercising and eating well will make you feel better and just be a overall better human being? Switching gears. Well, not really. I'm sitting in a training for my current uh, job. It's like a. It's a virtual training put on my Daigle Law Group. Uh, anybody in the policing community has probably heard of Daigle Law Group. The guy, Daigle was, I think it was Connecticut. I think it was Connecticut State Trooper. And then he got his law degree, became a lawyer, and now he owns the a huge space of training for law enforcement. And the dude's good, man. This, this dude, man, he, he does live trainings, right? So you, you basically sit in front of your computer for six or seven hours. And this guy just talks nonstop, but he's he's a good speaker. Uh, He's definitely has a lot of really good points. I'm impressed with his ability to speak fluently for that long. But one of the things that he discussed was the importance. I know. So part of this course is doing discussion boards, and he has you do readings on your days off. And he says he does that because he's treating the learners. That was an awful way to say that, learners. He's treating the people in the training as professionals, which you are. You know, if you are a police officer, if you're whatever you do, um, you know, you should treat it as if you're a professional. And professionals exceed exceed the standard and, and, you know, want to continue to grow and get better. So when I was in this training... That was a common theme with him, right? It was like, be accountable. You need to be a professional in what you do. So, you know me, I I just kind of go off on my own little thought experiments from time to time. But it made me think, yeah, I get that. I get it, right? I've been in law enforcement for 13 years. And, you know, I, I've, I've taken it seriously and I consider myself a professional. Now, what does that mean? That means I'm always striving to be better I'm always striving to, to know the most current information apply it to my job continue to get better uh, improve others like all that stuff right but that's for me right now that's eight hours of the day right that's that's what I do I'm, uh, in that community in the law enforcement community well the other 16 uh, is you know being a husband a father all the you know just fly down the list of all the other things, right? So how many people really apply that be a professional to themselves as humans? If you're a police officer, you should be a professional or you are a professional. It's it's really your decision on how you want to go forward with that. But are you also treating your existence as a human, as a profession? Like, isn't that important? Isn't it important for you to be the best human that you can? And what does that entail, right? I mean, that means, well, that's a lot, right? It means you're going to have to learn about yourself. You're going to have to make yourself better. You're going to have to learn about human psychology. You're going to have to learn about why it is you think the way you think, why it is you do the things you do, uh, why it is you treat people certain ways, why does you eat the way you eat, why is it that... Sometimes you feel motivated to exercise. Sometimes you don't, but you still go through it. Like, are you an expert on yourself? And again, maybe this is another one of those things where if I'm having this conversation with somebody, they're like, yeah, no, I totally get that. You know, but I don't know. I don't know if people actually like just think of it like that. Like in your career, you're a professional. Are you also a professional you Like uh, the human being thing, like be a professional human. I do. I mean, I I do. Obviously, I think that way. That's why I read books. That's why I try to educate myself. That's why I do a lot of things. And I'm always just trying to improve. You know, I know that sounds lame. It sounds like some bullshit you see on Instagram where somebody's like hey man you should do better today cool man thank you yeah I know I think the good old Joe Rogan said one time like there's no you know you buy a new car and it comes with a manual there's no manual that comes with being a human and that's because everybody's different I get that good old Daigle Law Group coming in hard You know what I think I really suck at is I have a hard time. I'm trying to think how to say this. Hmm. I have a hard time accepting shortfalls that I see in other people. I have a hard time when I see people like, listen, I'm not stupid, right? I understand that everybody's different, right? We're all made up generally the same way, but our brains operate differently. You think different than I do. And why is that? Well, it's because you have different life experiences and your brain pulls information from your life experiences and that's how you make your decisions and is that debatable yes because if anybody knows anything about Sam Harris and free will and how you make your decisions and all that good stuff yes that's there are people who debate that but if we're just generally speaking right like I get it from from an intellectual standpoint I, I totally know why certain people act one way and certain people act the other way I have a hard time just tolerating that if it negatively impacts me you know Like if somebody's shitty at their job and that impacts me, then I got a real problem with that, you know, and I'm not very good at articulating that. Now, if I was like a really good leader, I could just coach that person, you know what I mean? I could find a way, the indirect approach, as good old Jocko Willink would say, the indirect approach to I don't want to say correct their behavior, but maybe modify their behavior so that they benefit, I benefit and everybody's happy. And in a perfect world, like they didn't even know what was happening. Just one of those things. And here's why I think that is because I put a lot of time and effort into myself. I do. I put a lot of time and effort into being a better communicator, being a better writer reading comprehension, physical fitness, um, just all those different things, right? Just be trying to be a better version of myself overall. So I don't, so nobody has to worry about me. You know, does that make sense? Like, I don't want, I, I never want to be the one in the room where people are like, kind of like, have to be for themselves 80% engaged because the other 20% has to worry about if my dumbass is going to be able to execute. You know what I mean? Like I, that is a, a fear of mine and it causes me to really go above and beyond. And some people just don't have that, right? Some people don't have that inner drive to just have their shit totally squared away um, and not have to be a liability. I think that's the better word I'm looking for is And that is absolutely something that I need to work on from a leadership perspective. And I've definitely gotten better at it. Don't get me wrong. You have high performers, low performers. The goal is to just bring everybody up to, you know, a little bit on their level. I get it. I'm telling you, like, intellectually, I, I got this shit down. I do. Putting it into practice is a whole nother, whole nother ball game. Speaking of the indirect approach, let's talk about jiu-jitsu. I have not trained jiu-jitsu in about four weeks. Okay. Everybody good? You guys good with that? Now, listen, man. I really hurt my knee. I was training. Unless shit happens, man. I was rolling. Uh, felt a couple pops in my right knee. I had a real hard time walking for the next week. Three weeks went by. Did a little rehab. Put a brace on the thing. And now I'm back up and running. But... I learned something about myself. Going back to what I was talking about earlier with how I started a new position a few months ago and you know, adaptability was a little delayed. I kind of thought I would get the hang of it a little bit quicker than I did. Well, I'm not as adaptable as I thought I was. I was injured. And it prevented me from exercising the way I wanted to exercise, prevented me from walking the way I wanted to walk, going up and down stairs, just a lot of pain uh, and nothing crazy. Like, I'm not blowing this out of proportion, but, you know, pretty much every step I took hurt for three weeks. That gets a little annoying after a while. You know what I mean? But I had my personality changed a little bit. I... Did not have that same outlet that I usually do in jiu-jitsu, in working out, doing hard workouts. I didn't have the camaraderie that I get from jiu-jitsu. I didn't have the confidence and just the ability to move. Like sometimes I like to go out and do sprints and make sharp movements. I couldn't do that. I couldn't jump. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. And again, intellectually, like I understand this. I do. I understand that when these things happen, you need to find something else. Okay, well, maybe if you get injured, that's the time to really plug it in with your schoolwork. That's the time to really plug it in with um, reading books to your kids because you can't really move around that much. Maybe that's the time to really plug it in with whatever, insert whatever thing that you do. And, uh, yeah, I didn't do that. so But I recognize it. So that's good, right? I mean, trust me, that's probably not the first injury you're going to have in jiu-jitsu, and I'm well aware of that. And, of course, what does everybody say when you tell them, like, oh, how'd you get hurt? Like, ah, I was, you know, training jiu-jitsu and whatever. Fill in the blanks. You know what they all say? Like, ah, that's why I don't do it, man. You know, I don't want to get hurt. Well, listen, dum dumb. There's a, you know, at some point you're going to have to put yourself out there, you know what I mean, to learn That injury was a total non-factor for me as far as my passion for continuing to train jujitsu. I just immediately kind of recognized like, all right, this is going to suck. Like I'm not, you know, shit happens. Let's figure out why it happened. Let's try not to let it happen again and move on. Rather than, um, you know, sitting back kind of feeling sorry for myself and being like, oh, well. Maybe I shouldn't train and no I think I'd be a hundred times worse off if I didn't if I didn't train my sister got me a book for Christmas I'm looking at it right now it's like a kid's book and it says A is for arm bar and it goes through each letter of the alphabet it's kind of funny F is for figure four arm lock O is for omoplata u is for underhook Z is for z guard I don't even know what that is is that like half guard and it's two cats oh that's funny should I go back to talk about more covid stuff oh can I just say this for a second yes I read a lot of leadership books. They get a little redundant from time to time, just me being honest. A lot of them say kind of the same thing over and over again. So I decided to switch it up. Uh, I can't think of how to say the guy's last name. Chuck Palinol? Palino? I don't know. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, great author. I've read a couple of his books. So he, they started talking about a book called A Confederacy, a Confederacy of Dunces. Uh, it's winner of the Pulitzer Prize. It was written... I have it right here. It was written in 1980. Some of the topics, topics, Jesus. This is why I need to get back to on the podcast because I just, you know, the brain to uh, spoken word is not there. Some of the comments on the back are epic comedy. One of the funniest books ever written. Destined to become a classic astonishingly original. This was the worst fucking book I think I've ever read. And listen, maybe it's just like over my head, but I thought it was just shit. I didn't think it was funny. Maybe it's because it's 1980 humor and I'm, you know, I was born in 1989. So I don't know. But Jesus, it was painful. It was one of those things where I just kind of forced myself to keep going through it and then it's like 360 pages, and I think I stopped at page 300 just because it, it it was painful. This is definitely where I start. Right around the 30-minute mark. That's when my brain starts to kind of fizzle out on me. I'm very excited, though, about this Leadership Delaware opportunity for... Definitely some networking, you know, things. I didn't, I don't personally know anybody in the class, which is, which is great. You know, it's 29 other people that I get a chance to get to know, but, um, I definitely think it's going to improve me personally, uh, you know, organization where I'm at, those around me. My, my goal is this to have each of those people in my class on the podcast. That's going to be a, a, a big, uh, part of the podcast going forward, and that's going to be really cool because it's people from, you know, I mean, listen, most of my guests have been police-related one way or another, you know what I mean? And, you know, if you remember, the whole premise behind the show is life, leadership, and health, so that leaves a lot of other characters out there for me to talk to. And doing this virtual thing, that's really going to open it up. Maybe there's somebody out in California that I want to talk to. Or maybe there's just somebody in Delaware and I don't feel like driving down there. Oh, you know what? There's one last thing I kind of want to talk about. Is an observation that I've made where people take criticism as like a personal attack on them. And maybe that's, uh, listen, I've done it too, right? Or you're doing something and somebody says, hey, you ever thought about this? And it's like, well, fuck off. But that's probably not the right response, right? I mean, I think to have the mindset that whatever you're doing, you have it totally figured out and there's no other better way to do it. And Everybody else can just pound sand. Yeah, it's probably not a good idea. That's probably a limiting growth factor there. And it doesn't mean you have to listen to the person, right? But just take it into consideration. I know it sounds like I'm just giving a vague example, and I really am. But um, I've just noticed it with myself a couple times over the last few weeks or me giving advice to somebody, you know, both ways. It's like, yeah. That was good. That was really articulate. I'm glad I brought that up. Solid point. You know, I almost forgot to bring this up. And I think that this thought I'm about to try to explain was like the original reason I was even going to do this freaking episode. So that's good. That just shows you kind of how my brain works. But for some reason, I started thinking about And listen, I'm fully aware that this is probably not an original idea of mine. I got the idea from somewhere. But somebody was talking about how, you know, you have different versions of yourself, right? And now, you know how this came up? I I, I was talking about it during my Leadership Delaware interview. So the interview, it's like two and a half hours long. You get 20-something people. It's like speed dating but interviewing. And I said before this, I was talking to people about going through this interview process. And, you know, people, some people enjoy interviews, some people don't. I I don't mind them. I really don't. And I was having a conversation and I was just like, you know, I don't mind it. It's because I don't, unless it's like a scenario based thing, like I knew that the interview was going to be, you know, kind of things about me. Like, what do I bring to the table? Who am I? What are my thoughts, feelings, emotions about topic X, Y, Z, whatever. And that stuff is easy for me. And I said this to numerous of the interviewers was like, there's like, I've really made a concerted effort to just have one version of me. You know, I think that style of interview becomes difficult for people. When they're just trying to say or have a version of themselves that will relate to whoever the person asking the question is, right? So, you know, it's like, oh, shit, should I be version number seven of Gene or should I be version number three? You know what I mean? Like people just try to be these chameleons and just say what the other people want to hear kind of thing, you know? And I have honestly made a very concerted effort to just when I say things, it's just me. It's just this version of who I am is, is always who you're going to get. Am I perfect with it? No, not by any means. But I'll tell you what, I think I've cut down on before. I might have had like 20 different versions of myself, depending on what group of people I was around, who I was with, who I wanted to impress to now. Maybe I just have a handful, you know what I mean? And, and I keep trying to get that number lower and lower. And you know what it does? It makes shit so much easier because I'm just being me and I know that sounds corny and it kind of is but I am very aware of that now to where you know I think about the things I'm going to say before I say them but I just want to be consistent and I think as I get older that's I I I'm really not trying to impress anybody at this point um I'm not old you know man I'm 32 years old but if you don't like me, you know what I mean it's it's really not in my purview anymore, and it's really not like top of my priority list just to be liked by everybody. Um, and I think that's just like a social thing that people go through, just as humans. You know what I mean? It's just a it's an evolutionary thing where it would benefit you to be liked by a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like if you go way back and you're living in a village, like yeah, you want people to like you. I think you know I'm just past the point of trying to be everybody's friend, you know, and I'm not being nasty about it. It's just, if you and I don't get along, okay, that's fine. I'm not going to now just change my opinions and stuff and the way I feel about something just to make you happy, you know? And I know that kind of might sound a little divisive or aggressive maybe, but just, I'm just telling, like, try to think about it. Going forward, right? And when you are around certain people, like, what version of yourself are you being? Now, could somebody take this the wrong way and be like, well, uh, you know, I'm not going to speak to my boss the same way I'm going to speak to my kid. You know, no shit. I know that. So you can have a couple different versions of yourself. Like, don't be an idiot, but just think about it, right? Whoever you are, just be that. Just stop worrying about trying to be everybody's friend and just value your thoughts feelings and emotions right educate yourself just be the best version of you that you can be and uh man it's coming off like super preachy isn't it i just get this like preacher vibe in like an instagram post i don't know but anyway that was something i was thinking about so i don't know if that anybody can really relate to that but something i've really consciously been thinking about recently and uh i think it's been for the better i really do All right, I got to go do a workout. I did um, one mile sandbag carry, 150 pounds. Last Sunday, it was either Saturday or Sunday, I can't remember which day, but I'm still feeling the effects of that a little bit in my forearms. I've been doing this style of workout over the last couple months. Uh, the, the philosophy behind it is just called greasing the groove, where your workouts are tempered right they're about 70 to 80 percent of what you would normally do weight wise repetition wise and but you're working out every day so every day i've been doing these 20 to 40 minute workouts definitely more strength focused and taking longer rest periods but just really nailing down some movements, right? Like like heavy kettlebell swings with 80-pound kettlebells or using the 200-pound sandbag um, for lower reps. But nothing too crazy, right? Like if, if I'm going to work with a 200-pound sandbag and I want to say I can do four cleans with it, well, I'll just do two, right? And that'll be the working set. Rather than doing four in a set, you do two. And it allows you to... Get the strength work in and then come back the next day, right? And do something very similar. I don't do anything. I don't do the same movement back to back. Uh, I'll switch it up, but eat with pull-ups, right? So say I'm going to do a pyramid. I love doing pyramid sets where you do something like one pull-up, two push-ups, two pull-ups, four push-ups, all the way up to 10 and then come back down. Well, instead of like go up to 10, but then just don't come back down, right? It sounds counterintuitive. You're doing less work, but the volume is more because you're backing off. You're not having failure, and then the next day you're coming back. And I've noticed some really good results from it. Could be a placebo effect. I don't know, but I do feel stronger. And that's I think that's how I'm going to do things because I'm, I'm back at Jiu-Jitsu on Tuesday, the 11th. I'll be there three, four times a week. And I think this grease-in-the-groove style of training is going to be allow me to not have any overuse injuries and really put the focus into jiu-jitsu and maintain the strength and conditioning that I have right now. That's kind of the goal. So we'll see. I don't know. Oh, but anyway, the workout that I'm going to go do right now is... You set a clock for a minute. Every time one minute surpasses, you do, that's stupid. You set a clock to go off every minute. The first, you hit start, you do one burpee. When the second minute starts, you do two burpees. When the third minute starts, you do three. And you keep going up and up and up until you run out of time, basically. So usually I get to like 15 or 16, where the 13th minute, you're doing 13 burpees, the next minute, you're doing 14. The next minute, 15. And for me personally, like once I get to that 15, I, I start running out of time. You know what I mean? That 16th minute is starting, but I, I just barely got done the 15th burpee, you know? So what I do is I work that one to 15, and then I do it with um, kettlebell swings, like heavy 80 pound kettlebell swings. And I'll do that up to 10. So again, that's a good example, right? It's a 25 minute workout. Uh, it's greasing the groove style for me personally, just, I've done a lot of burpees over the years, so it's not, it doesn't redline me, but it's, it's just a nice, uh, stimulus, you know what I mean? And I can come, like, I won't be sore from that. I'll come back tomorrow and hit something similar with the sandbags. All right. I know I jumped around a lot, but this was fun, actually. I, I don't remember what I said, um... I know I said I wasn't going to talk about COVID, and I more or less kind of did a little bit. We talked about adaptability and leadership, wellness, the wellness thing. I got to do some thinking on that because I know I know that the law enforcement community, their life expectancy is shit, and it's because of the stressful job, and because of most are not doing the right thing outside of work. I get it. And I think the, ed- the educational piece has been put out there. I think the education is there. But now I think the transition needs to be to execution, right? How do we execute this information? How do we make this a tangible thing that now people can execute and see long standing results and be a professional human? That's my one big takeaway, I think, from this conversation with myself, being a professional human. Whatever that means to you, do better. All right, everyone. Thank you. Um, Enjoy the rest of your day. Look out for the next episode. I'm out.